five second period, I just turned into a Lego, a generic Lego face frozen on the screen. Lego hands. Which actually, I did watch the Lego movie kind of recently, and I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast. I want to talk about Ad Astra right now, because that's what I watched last night. But I did, you know, since we're talking about Legos, I did rewatch the Lego movie a few days ago, and it is still totally awesome. I love that movie. I would say probably one of my favorite animated movies. Oh, easily. Easily one of my favorite, like, CGI movies. They put so much fucking work into that, and it's so cool. It's one of those movies that, like, things happen so fast, but you get everything that you need to, but also if you go back and watch again... There are you can so find many more details in the, yeah. that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like even sometimes right in front of you too. But uh, like I said, I want to talk a little bit about Ad Astra mm-hmm. because I think that it's going to become one of those, hey, do you remember that one sci-fi movie from 2019, Ad Astra? Oh, yeah, man, that's a classic. I think <laughs> it's going to become one of those, you know? Uh. It, it like, watching it again last night, I, I have some things that I'm like, that could either be an issue or we'll make it better later hmm. like there are cert- a couple scenes that i'm like i don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it but they're just like a the whole movie is like a pretty slow uh thoughtful uh it's literally narrated you know brad pitt's like voiceover the whole oh, time okay. that's cool um did you see it you didn't see no it? i haven't seen it no okay so then yeah i'm glad i didn't just spoil the shit out of it <laughs> <laughs> um it got very mixed reviews from you know, it's one of those, like, critics reviewed it high, and, like, the users on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, it was more mixed. And mm, Interesting. Yeah. I think it's one of the most uh, beautiful, like, sci-fi movies ever made. Oh, really? I'm, I say that shit a lot on this show. I'm going to say this right now. I haven't seen a lot. <laughs> so, by <laughs> well, ever made, I mean true, that man. I've ever seen. Well, you You've know, compared, so to, compared to the average Joe, yeah, I've seen a lot. But compared to, uh, you know, someone who might be triggered by me saying it's one of the most beautiful things ever made. I understand why you're triggered by that. Trust me. I get it. Like when people say that kind of stuff, it does feel like a really broad statement. But the first, the opening shot of Ad Astra is literally enough to keep you fully invested for 100% of the movie because it Mm. is just that beautiful. I'm Mm. I'm not kidding. You'll love it. Yeah, just dive in. Is it uh, is it streaming somewhere? Um, HBO Max. Yes. Oh. So you would have to have to upgrade to the Max. It's not just on HBO. I don't know how it works. <laughs> I don't either. I'll check it. We'll out. check. I'll see if I it can. might be on there too. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's it's hard to say because I just the app just changed for me. My TV just changed. Huh. <laughs> so I was like, okay, was I like, have yep, HBO Max now. now. Okay. Yep, huh. pretty much. Huh. Uh, but yeah, it's Brad Pitt's performance is amazing too it's very very like subtle like he's just like very you know it's not like a screaming and crying or punching things it's just like in the subtle character development from the very beginning of the movie to the very last shot just in those little differences in how he's talking and yeah i don't know it's cool it's good someone who emotes very 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 well through his face through very He's one of my favorite, Small. he's becoming one of my favorite actors of his era. Because he's part of like this, you know, this Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, like, uh, Leonardo, you know, with like... Matt the, Damon. Know, yeah, like, they kind of have like their this like weird 
hold on White the guys. early 2000s mid <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah totally it's like the we're the mid 2000s white guys yeah i'm a handsome like, white man <laughs> yeah he's probably my favorite of the bunch Speaking of oh, Brad Pitt too, and mm. uh, being a handsome white guy, mm. uh, he's a very, very, uh, like very um, diverse production. Like I don't know, his production company is responsible for an extremely dense amount of black artists' mm. films and uh, like Brad writers. So yeah, like if you look at Brad Pitt's production, like his filmography and his production, yeah. It's like better than ninety percent of like Hollywood in general. Like he, he was one he, of the major producers in Twelve Years a Slave, right? Twelve Years a Slave. I think yeah. Moonlight. Selma. Wow! Holy shit! Um, okay, cool. let me let me just look him up. I just earned some respect for Brad Pitt. Uh, let's see. So, as a producer, he's produced eighty-eight movies. Um, most recently, uh, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Oh. If Beale Street Could Talk. I'm just naming. Um, mm-hmm movies with black directors and writers yeah. uh moonlight selma mm-hmm. 12 years a slave that's really cool no it's I, not i really like it's not that. common i'm not saying like he's the man because he's a white guy who produces black films but it's well, it's rare as hell in yeah. hollywood i mean it's and rare right he's, now he's an extremely like a, privileged white man using his extreme position of power to elevate black stories that's that makes me gain a lot of respect for him I think you just said what I was trying to say so hard for a minute there. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, I really loved uh, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. I saw that. Yeah, a, it was one of my favorites ago, of the but, year. Yeah, one of my favorites it, of the year. It gained, like, intensity in my memories over time. You know what yeah. I mean by that? Like, there are scenes from that movie I think about more than movies at the time I was saying, this is, like, my favorite movie of the year. Mm-hmm. There are scenes from that movie that I'm remembering more than that, you know? Right. Uh, did you know that the main actor in that movie, that's his story. He is playing him in the story of his life. Did you know that? Oh, my God. I think I did know that, but I forgot until you're mentioning that, or maybe I just didn't know. That's amazing. Yeah, it's. Uh, it was actually, you know, weeks ago when I was going to upload a blurb when we took uh, a Wednesday off. That, that was one of the movies I was going to recommend. Unfortunately, I mean... It it is directed by a white man, but it's I think his that's story. what I know. You know, I think I know the director, and I know that he like aren't they friends? They're like yeah, they're great, friends, like, and he like helped him create a story of. But I didn't realize it was a true story, like yeah. based on this guy's oh, life, basically. Very 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 good movie. A movie that was recommended to me, so I'm going to recommend it to you. I might as well mm-hmm. do it on here. Blind Spotting. Hmm. It's available on HBO for sure. Uh, I don't know what it's about. I was told by the person who told me to watch it not to look into it too much because uh-huh. it will just be a better movie to go in, for lack of a better term, blind. Um, <laughs> yeah. But they said that all I need to know is the two main actors are the writers of the film. So it's kind of a similar situation where Hell it's yeah. like the, uh, I don't know if it's a true story, but the you know the they writers are yeah. in it. And I think that's really, really important in a movie um, about something political or social or Mm -hmm. anything like that to if you're gonna have a an actor doing something i don't know i think they should have some say in like like is this something that this character would do you know what i mean yeah no that's really cool yeah uh and we talked about that uh when we talked about just mercy as well the brian stevenson being involved in 
sort of the production, which yeah, actually I, that's... I have since looked into, and I think I don't know how much he was involved. I know he was consulted, but his writing credit is actually it's just based on the book by. So I don't know how closely involved he was in the production of the movie, but um, I'm glad we're talking about it again, though. This yeah. will only take 30 seconds. Huh. I was talking to Mitchell about the movie, telling him to watch it, mm-hmm. and he said it was already on his list because he saw in an interview. Uh, Jamie Foxx said it was the most important role of his career. Wow. And if that's not enough to get you to go watch it, that's what Jamie Foxx was saying. Like, if this isn't enough to get you to go watch it, I don't know what will be. This is the most important role in my career. I was, I became an actor to do this role. I know it. So wow. I think that's really cool. Really powerful. That's very cool. Well, uh, this is A New Lens, a podcast Gary and I started talking about media Mostly film, TV, that kind of thing that we liked as kids that we're now seeing through the new lens of adults and amateur filmmakers and, you know, uh, developing artists in many lights. Uh, We're doing Avatar here. This week's episode is the Northern Air Temple. We've had the Southern Air Temple thus far, and uh, now we're seeing the Northern. Um, Take it away, Calvin. Why don't you give us a little recap on the northern air temple yeah so um the very first scene of this episode is very interesting to me they're all gathered around listening to a story of these flying men and um ang is very excited at the idea of these stories being airbenders but they quickly find out that these stories are recent and that this person has seen you know people flying through the air uh like just last week so they go to investigate and um, they come upon the Northern Air Temple, which they see these gliders flying around. And Aang immediately notices that these are not airbenders just by the way that they move. And there's sort of a big theme in this episode of, you know, the spirit of airbenders. And that's how he can tell. But he quickly interacts with these people and uh, meets this character, Teo, who is flying around on this uh, glider in a chair and he lands and he meets him and he realizes he's he's a disabled uh, kid and he his legs don't work but his father has created this invention to help him be able to travel in in a certain way again um and they meet the father and he has made all these sorts of inventions and he's completely changed the entirety of the northern air temple he's made these pipes going through everywhere and he uses hot air to be able to travel and basically use machinery, uh, uh, sort of primitive machinery, but still very developed inventions. And they sort of break off and Aang starts to create more of a relationship with Teo and realize he does have more of the spirit that he uh, initially thought was lacking, but is still very much perturbed by the way that they've treated what is to him a very sacred site. Um, Sokka goes with this father inventor guy and sees the natural gas that is being kept in the basement. And they sort of work together to create this smell safeguard that lets them know when the natural gas is leaking. But meanwhile, Katara and Aang, now closer friends with Teo, make their way to this closed off uh what do you call that like a like sanctuary yeah sanctuary i would call it a sanctuary yeah um 
They make their way to this sanctuary, which has a similar gate to the Southern Air Temple. And though he at first doesn't want to go in and disturb it, he does eventually decide he wants to go in with Teo, Aang does. And he opens this gate to discover that this father has been working with the Fire Nation. The father's been doing it to try and help save them. But when another Fire Nation soldier comes to collect like the new inventions, Aang confronts him. And they now know that the Avatar is there and that they're going to not cooperate. So there's sort of this Fire Nation siege on the Northern Air Temple. And they use a lot of inventive uh, strategies to be able to face them off. And uh, yeah, that's sort of the course of this episode. It's a very interesting one. Um, I really like this episode. Yeah. Uh, I think I have some mixed feelings about certain things that take place that like within the universe. But mm-hmm. as far as like the episode itself, I really dig it. There's some really compelling moral ambiguity going on here. Yeah. And there's also That's... a couple moments. I don't know. Like we've brought up Aang attacking people before. And it's like that happens in this episode. And it's like he is defending. Yeah. But also... It it kind that of would cause a lot of damage and yeah it's it's interesting. I agree. Yeah, there's some of that. I think I I wonder if that's just kind of honestly, you know what that is? That's one of those aspects that I think will be only really difficult when they handle it live action. I don't care because mm. it's a cartoon. You know, yeah. it's like in the Batman animated series, Batman definitely kills people, <laughs> right. but he doesn't. They all end up right. in jail. Like it'll show mm. at the end of the episode them like waking up from being knocked out right and it's like you believe it they don't have broken bones you believe it right because it's a cartoon you know so Mm -hmm. is this i feel like once they turn the show into a live action show they will have to be like if you're a bender you have naturally strong bones or something you know are they doing that is that confirmed are they making a live action version of this show? i have talked to enough people that tell me it is to make me believe it is but no one that's like working for netflix so (laughs) right so you know what knows? I mean? Yeah. No. But I, I would be willing to bet that within the next few months, even Netflix will just announce it with like a trailer, and everyone will go nuts because yeah. they know they have that power. Mm-hmm. If they do that, dude, it will be huge. It'll be the next Stranger Things. You yeah. Know? Everyone's gonna at least give it a try. Absolutely. Oh, nothing's uh, gonna compare to this show, in my opinion. No, I. Enough. This is the best show ever. So, <laughs> and it, this <laughs> episode opens yeah. with. A really, really cool moment, in my opinion, of showing us how stories get passed down in a lot of different uh, groups of people in in this world. Uh, It's not just like they don't have a TV show to watch, you know? They don't have – yeah, I don't know. Some Sometimes I'm sure there's like scrolls and like libraries of knowledge and stuff. But generally what we've seen on uh, in most of this world, not just – the southern water tribe too but even other places it's just like stories you know Mm -hmm. word of mouth Mm -hmm. uh the great divide which i know we don't like bringing up too much but uh you know he talked one of the coolest aspects of that episode (laughs) was him talking about the way that the great divide was created Mm -hmm. and it's just like the story that they tell you know and things like that uh I think this is a cool moment because we're watching it happen. We're watching yeah. a guy tell a story and seeing what that means in this, you know, like, it, I don't know. It adds it, a rich, like, factor to the culture of the world, you know, not yeah, just like a specific exactly. nation's culture, but like 
what hap- what sort of things you could stumble upon in this world. Like, they don't show them finding these stories. They are just there in the audience. Like, this is just a social gathering of and Aang even says, like, I love airbender stories. Like, that's a normal thing to do is tell right. stories, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I love <laughs> they um Aang <laughs> Aang's like, uh I laugh at gravity all the time. <laughs> gravity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's another funny moment when they're going around trying to collect donations and Sokka's, <laughs> Sokka's got like a, a bug, a like a twitching bug. Boink, boink. <laughs> and then he puts everything back in his pockets. <laughs> right. He like has to put it like, back. Like yeah. you got to keep that, you know? Yeah. They discover that there's, you know, more to investigate at this temple. So they decide to go to it and they're headed towards it. And Aang says something that just struck me that's really cool that is a nation specific culture building thing which is yeah this is where they used to have like the main championships for sky bison polo fucking cool oh wow yeah that is cool to think about i didn't really put any thought into that but now i'm just imagining like sky bison polo right it's probably the coolest thing ever oh goddamn that's did you notice that as they're going up to it you can just tell something's off it's like a haze with like smokestacks uh-huh and I get what he means when he says, like, you can tell those aren't airbenders in, that are gliding around. Like, you can see they're kind of mechanical working. They look like yeah, planes. Just a little more. More than, yeah. Yeah, like Aang does all these really cool, like, loops and flips. And what he says is, like, spirited. It's like, it's the spirit of it. It's just... I love that music, by the way. When he, I don't know if it's playing when he's watching them fly, but when he jumps off of Appa's back grabs his glider oh yeah like a mallet like a xylophone type instrument comes in yeah totally and it's so cool it's just like it just makes me want to jump on a glider and fly around yeah he totally shows the fuck off to, to these he yeah he's these motherfuckers he, he does the air scooter on the side of the building while okay, his glider's flying which, next by to the him. way we'll talk about again because it's a total setup like him doing that feels like just a petty show off but then he ends up using that move in the battle at the oh, end. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. That's a very good I didn't point. notice it until I, I was, like, watching it. And I was like, okay, yeah, all right, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. But then he, he gets shown also when uh, Teo does the smoke and draws I his love face. That. And it's the exact I face love that, that he's making. And I love Teo's attitude about it. Yeah. Well, I probably can't do that, but check this out. Like, he's just honestly, like, the showing off to him was just cool. It wasn't to one-up him, you know? Teo's voice is very distinct and very good in this. I looked up the actor. His name's Daniel Simonis. He was on Wizards of Waverly Place, which is, he was, I guess, a recurring character on that, which is... That's like, right, that is the era of Disney that I fell off, you know? Yeah, yeah, me too. When that show was on was when I stopped watching. And it's not because of that show, if you, you know, I've never watched it. Maybe it's good. Maybe I should watch that show. But there's something about his laugh, this character's laugh, that is like, it's, it's, um, it very much feels like a kid in a studio going, all right, and then in this scene, he's going to laugh, so laugh. Like, it doesn't really seem like it's genuinely coming out of the kid, but also, it's so infectious and makes me smile immediately. Yeah, you thought Ang is the only one who could do that to you, and then they bring this kid in. Yeah. I love that uh, the spirit that they talk about is 
shown through laughter. Yeah. Pretty much whenever we're talking about the spirit, because when Katara finally feels that spirit, she can't help but laugh. Yeah. And it makes me think about uh, just being a kid and what laughter, like the the essence of just like laughing until you can't stop and you're crying, like what that is. And it's just, it's spirit, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's cool how they use that to show Mm -hmm. us what they mean. Because they could show us with like the dope, you know, gliding, but just the act of being so overwhelmed with emotions that you can't help but laugh is like something everyone can relate to. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, he has such a badass landing with the, like, skidding and yeah. turning into place. Yeah, he might be one of my favorite characters in the whole show. And also, like, it's not made a huge deal out of, but it's so dope that he's disabled. Like, he he doesn't have use of his legs. And they bring that up, and it's, like, part of the story, but it's also not, like, his defining feature as a character. He's just a yeah. fucking badass awesome nice likable character with spirit and joy who is a disabled character and i love that shit so much me too me too when they integrate that sort of stuff into the story address it without making too much of a thing about it like this isn't an episode about disabled people and their struggles but there's a prominent disabled character in it and his disability is addressed and like integral to the story you know exactly yes it's really cool how I think this might be our first episode pretty much not liking characters, but they're not Fire Nation. Like, we really get mm. pissed off at these characters when we're, like, looking at the temple through Aang's eyes and seeing all the yeah. pipes sticking out of, you know, like, he, he in that one moment, he's like, this is supposed to be the story of like my people's right creation one of the paintings on one of the paintings like the head is yeah through with a pipe coming out and then one of the statues gets its head bashed off Mm -hmm. honestly i feel like this is an important uh an important message this early because we Mm -hmm. need to know that it's not just like ang's job as the avatar isn't just defeating the fire nation like right. defeating the enemy it's just as much as our job and uh, as like viewers is to like realize that everyone needs to come together to like mm-hmm. i don't know there needs to be a level of respect and that's one of my issues with the show with this episode too i think because mm. i i kind of wish ang was like clean everything up you know well yeah but i i don't know that's i it's might just there's we might so have a disagreement here because I I, just, I love stuff, you know. I love the moral ambiguity of that because he it it addresses so well the pain of something that is sacred to your culture and to your people being messed with and taken with and defamed and you know which I mean now but, that you're saying all that that's basically what happened to that group of people. They right. were, their home was taken from them, so they and had they to find another new one. They found another home that had been abandoned. That's beautiful for yeah decades. Like, I do love that. The sentiment. Airbenders have been dead for a hundred years, and no one like no one's been there. So, what is more important, the upholding the sacred notions of this place from a, for a people who are no longer there, or? finding a new place for people to inhabit and create new things out of and find the beauty in and make up a place of joy in a new light. I don't know, but it's one of those things where it's, it's 
cool that they go for an answer there as far as like mm-hmm. you know not not just being like middle grounding it because it, that's something yeah. that often in life you can't middle ground you mm-hmm. know there's a lot of things mm-hmm. in life my middle ground answer though would be i wish they could just figure out a way to work around things better you know which yeah. though he mentions in that scene where he hangs like this is out of hand and he's like i guess progress has a way of getting away from you you know mm. yeah and that's true. uh I think that's a really interesting line that, you know, because that's that that makes you think like, okay, there's a point where you got to look at everything you're doing and think, holy crap, am I going too far with this? Maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, it's also interesting to me, like in that scene where the statue head gets bashed in, they're going to make like a bathhouse there and we meet the father and he talks about like, you know, turning this place into something new for the people who need it. Sokka and Katara are fucking moved. They're like literally wiping tears away from yeah. their eyes. And Aang yeah, they are, and Aang's pissed. Yeah. It's really interesting. And I don't know, just really well handled. I agree. His inventions, though, are really fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing. The, that's that's another thing. Like, this episode is so uh, like, oh, is this right or is this right? Specifically because, like, it would be different if he was bashing in the walls to create like you know prisons for the fire nation but he's bashing in the walls to create a bathhouse Mm -hmm. have we seen one of those in this universe yet you know what i mean right or his like firefly lanterns yeah that is like such a cool idea to me i also this is a moment where i wonder about the process um because what an intricate and well-designed character design of the father um, in so many different ways, like so many little details, I wonder if the artists, the illustrators, brought that character design and then they wrote in like the hand thing and you know the the eyebrows, or if those were written into the script and then they made a character out of it. You know, because oh, yeah. he is a he's sort of a mad scientist. He's gone through experiments that have gone awry. It's why his eyebrows are patchy, and I. I don't know. Maybe he's just bald, but I like to think he like blew some hair off his head as well. But the yeah. three fingers on his hand, that invention, like the the wooden fingers that he uses, and the even the eyeglass. I like, love his monocle. He's got a monocle, but it, and it I love, looks distinct. I think the you know? coolest thing about his monocle is that it's literally just a drawn circle. Yeah, yeah. They There's don't, no like, like thing hanging yeah. from it. You don't see the reflection of the glass when he moves around often, or maybe right. you do, but it's so subtle. I don't know. I as far as when I was like writing, you know, like my note about the monocle, I wrote, it's just a circle. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> right. so cool. Yeah. And it's like a pink circle too, or red mm-hmm. or, you know, it's like a, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, it goes back to my comment that I keep bringing back in the show, the outfits and stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. whoever is designing these characters, not just drawing them, but telling the people who are drawing. I mean, I don't know how it works. Actually. Like is the animator, you know, someone who just is like, hey, I think it'd be cool if we did this or, yeah. you know, I, I like know. to think it's collaborative, but I, I'm not sure exactly how to look into that. But I'd like to. We'll we'll see if we can do some research uh, in the next week or two as we've kind of got a break. Um, but why do they have the gas again? What What's his point other than plot device? He found it. He just oh, he found, found it one it. day. That's, That's interesting. Honestly, I've watched this show multiple times. I don't really get that. Yeah, that seems like a plot. Is it liquid, or is it naturally like in the air, like a gaseous natural well, gas? It, it like, is natural gas. It's like 
Well, the, what they eventually come up with, which is the, you know, using rotten eggs so that the gas has a smell, it's the same thing that we use today. You know, if you leave the stove on, you can uh, smell. You can smell it, you know? that That's so, on purpose. Natural gas does not have a smell that is added. That's the thing that happens today. And it's a cool little, like, detail teaching the kids. I Yeah. So I think that's more, yeah. Because, like, I, I feel like when he's describing it in my head, I'm just like, wait, if you went down there with fire, didn't all of it blow up then when you originally blew your eyebrows off? Hmm. You know what I mean? Wouldn't that, isn't that how that would work? So I don't know really how that works. Well, maybe it, it had seeped into the hallway. Yeah. It wasn't all in there, you know? Somehow. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's a good question though. I don't think we said it, but it's so cool seeing Katara glide. Yes. I don't know. It's just a really cool moment. Her transition from like, being scared and vocalizing and through laughing. that without thinking about it into laughing without thinking about it. So cool. <laughs> I love Momo the, uh, eating a bug. Yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when Aang lands and he's talking to Teo and he's like, you know, I actually, I think I've, I, I'm more in tune with your spirit now. And like, you actually do have this, the, the spirit of an airbender. Um, and I think I do want to go open the, the temple. Katara is like, how do you land? <laughs> very funny (laughs) she just gets like a mouthful of bugs there's an editing choice that i fucking love i'm obsessed with it in this episode he goes to the door and he into the two funnels and he opens the door and we've seen this process before the except it cuts away before the third one it goes and then just as the third like circle spout is turning it cuts away and it just adds anticipation if you've been watching the show you know what that third note is you know what is coming and what you're cutting away from but it makes you go wait why like what totally i was thinking about that like wait it gives you that that wait yeah i it's oh i i don't know (laughs) i don't really have more to say about it but it just struck me as just a really fucking good perfect cut yeah yeah a good cut that and then it cuts over to them discovering the egg thing which we talked about and then they cut back and he's been making weapons for the fire nation oh man i wanted to know not great what would you do you got a kid and you finally find like peaceful refuge and then the fire nation comes and attacks but like, say that you can stay here and they won't bother you if you work if you for them. If you build them weapons. Uh, like, I mean... What's the move? I think the move is run, right? You flee. Right. That's in hope that you yeah. can find new refuge. I don't blame him for doing it. I think it's, it is the it's, wrong it's decision. It's a very, very but... weird... Yeah, it's it's a and, hard... And his arc, you know, his statement to his son, like, I did this for you. But the son's statement back is like, how can you expect me to be okay with what you're doing when you are creating inventions that are being used for murder? Like he uses the word murder. He, yeah, I, I which is kind of potent in this you show. Don't you know? see something like that on a kids' show: the word murder or a killing, or you know. And uh, I think we. I mean, it's been it's been. Uh, reiterated that the fire nation aren't just like bad guys they kill people like they killed katara's mother and all that i i don't know this one murder i don't know 
It, mm-hmm. it hits in a different way. Yeah. I love how pissed Aang is at the at the Fire Nation guy Dude, that comes to... Dude, I love that air he bend punch. slaps him in the face with air. Oh. I think one of my favorite Ooh. things in animation is when a character with neatly pulled back hair, mm. like something happens to them, and then strands come yeah. out of their pulled back hair. Mm-hmm. I don't know when it's, it's done well, to... it's so cool. And it's done really well in that moment where he gets smacked and you just see a couple strands of hair come out of his ponytail. Like, you know, like he just smacked the shit out of that dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then he even slams the door shut with an air bending. Like, right, right. Yeah. Oh, he's so pissed. And then they're all like gathering and trying to talk about the plan that they're going to have. And, Saka and this inventor guy. What's his name? I, I think it's I, just I the machinist or the mechanic. I don't think he has a name. That's when I looked wild. on IMDb, yeah. mechanist, mechanist, Me- mechanist. I don't know how to say word that word, man. <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go with mechanist. Um, but Saka and the mechanist. This is Saka. This makes sense, and this is on brand for Saka. Not Saka going with the dirty tribe. Be- because he this is, doesn't yeah, want no, to have like to worry about coolest, putting the tent up. This fuck is the you, the Great Divide. Way. Yeah, fuck the Great Divide. <laughs> this is how Sokka splits from the group. Yeah, you're a genius. It's one of no, my favorite uh, Sokka episodes. Yeah. And Sokka comes up with the, the lid on the... Sokka invents a hot air balloon. <laughs> yeah. Sokka and invents it, the main mechanism needed for so hot air It's so cool when he's describing it, it feels how they feel while listening to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. You yeah. feel like, oh, wow, that's actually a really good idea. You know what I mean? And they're like, it, wow, that's actually a really good idea. Like, they literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and teaching kids as well. Another cool, like, teaching moment. And then they yeah, talk about no, the... I that is actually how I learned about how hot air balloons worked. And I don't even know... To this day, if that's actually how they work or not, I don't care. That's how they work. You know? <laughs> no, it is. I mean, well, I think it's more about the amount of fire. I think in air, air uh, hot air balloons today, they, you know, it, it's more about control activating the, flame. the fire than, yeah, controlling the flame than it is controlling the, the blimp. But it's the same concept. Yeah. And then they've got these bombs, the four types of bombs, smoke bombs, slime bombs, fire bombs. And stink bombs. Never underestimate the power of stink. You know, that's not the first time that that's happened. Remember uh, in the episode when they were trying to get into the Fire Nation for um, Aang to, like, meet Avatar Roku in the spirit world? They (laughs) They were, like evading stink bombs in that episode when they were evading that's it would right. like cut to like their view being like oh stink that's you know right. like yeah. plugging their nose i just that. think yeah. that's that's funny how this show i don't think that's just like a a one-time bit that's just a thing in this universe having stink bombs yeah you know <laughs> i think it's cool to see as the fire nation invasion starts that there is paths up to these at least to the northern air temple. I don't think there are word of the southern. I think they actually said in the southern air temple that like the only way to get to it is sky bison. But there are paths now. Although, do you think that? Okay, do you think that is of original design, or do you think that that is these people making their way up to, have made these? I paths think that that is it. a really good question. I don't know because when you think about it, if it's for a sky bison polo, then they wouldn't need paths, right? Probably not. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's interesting. 
but I do like they're throwing bombs on these people and they're like little individual bombs, like just one guy at a time getting splatted in the face. And I love Appa being like the bomb base. You know, the people are flying Dude, down through the clouds, coming back up. attacks those like tanks, yeah. he just holds his ground against a couple at one oh, point. Yeah. Oh, Appa's speaking of the tanks, this whole this sequence is... is great. And this is the first like more than a ship mechanism that we're seeing that the fire nation has invented. This moment makes you understand how the north or the southern air temperature air <laughs> the southern air temple got raided in the first right. place because you can you can clearly imagine that, you know, 100 years ago or when, you know, 100 and, or 99 years ago whenever mm-hmm. it was right. attacked that they had some form of like primitive version of these Basically, grapple hooks shooting out of tanks. Yeah. That's, that's like, the worst. Think of a worse thing, you know? Like, a tank that can flip on both sides yeah, and God. shoots grapple hooks. And when you break a grapple hook, another grapple hook will just shoot out. <laughs> right. Ang's face when he first sees <laughs> these people, it just reminded <laughs> me of the, the Pikachu meme. <laughs> you know, the... <laughs> it's exactly what this face was. Yeah. Um... And this is the first, well, I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe there's been moments of it, but this is the first substantial, like, CGI that we're seeing, isn't it? Throughout the whole episode, too, right? I feel like I noted that there were a couple moments. No, I think this is the, I think the tanks are the first. So are they entirely CGI, or is it just in the close-ups? No, these tanks are CGI every time they're on screen. See, I didn't even notice it for a couple shots, for sure. Yeah. See, I, I think they're, like... Avatar uses CGI when it's like a thing, an object that's moving in a way that's hard to animate. Hmm. So, like, I think it's done it a maybe. I feel like I've noticed it a couple times before, like really subtle moments where it's just like a like a wheel turning, and I'm like, oh, is that CGI wheel? Or like, <laughs> oh, you know what the the moment that I'm trying to think of is hmm. in the fortune teller when they drop the flower into the volcano. There's mm. like a CGI flame, I think, unless uh, it's animated to just look like that. But I, I if I remember it, I think it might. I don't know. But either way. Oh, I guess there was um the 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 turning spouts on the door are CGI. And that was in the Southern Air Temple. That was also. That's what I'm talking about. You nailed it. Yes, yeah. that's that. Mm. Yep. That's what I'm thinking in my head. I'm imagining those things. Yeah. Wait, so were those CGI when we saw them earlier? Yeah. Or were they fully hand-drawn? No, they were CGI, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, they run out of bombs in the the hot air balloon as they're flying down. And they f- they smell the rotten eggs coming out of this crevice. And they're like, that's where the gas must be leaking out. Let, but we got to blow this shit up. And they use their only bomb. <laughs> I love, that's, uh, I think Sokka says it. This is our only bomb. So they throw the engine the like the fire source off the and they sacrifice themselves basically to be able to i mean they don't think they're gonna die and but they, but they very don't know well that could. they're gonna live did yeah. you see the speed at which they fall down like they they are descending they're plummeting really they're plummeting down they're really lucky ang was able to like get to them at that moment and ang even doesn't like it's kind of a trust move. He like circles them and then flies up and then Sokka grapples his leg. 
Yeah. Aang wasn't even like churned to look like what if Aang just gets back up with a rope attached to his leg and they're like, hey, you got him. And he like pulls up the rope and it's just attached to nothing. Right. You know, uh, it's like, yeah. oh, shit. Um, so Aang probably kills a lot of people. And actually Sokka and and the mechanist probably yeah, kill like in a that lot moment, of people in that explosion. In that explosion and in that moment, even when Aang is doing that repeat move where he uses his ball glider to go along the snow mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. covers like 10 guys in an avalanche yeah. let me mm-hmm. tell you you don't recover from an avalanche yeah those guys are buried <laughs> and a lot of them are blown up and they're like ah look they're retreating at the end and it's like yeah the the ones on foot who are left <laughs> like yeah like when we see the tanks there's like five guys in every tank shooting fireballs out of yeah. them yeah Oh my god. That was a sea that was a straight up siege. Oh yeah. Man. Uh how do you like Katara now like I feel like this is a full circle moment for her when she mm. uses the ice on the tanks. Yeah. It very cool. it really reminds me of the first time we see her use a, a waterbend yeah. attack to use ice on those guys because she needs right. to use it like behind her. Yeah. But this time she almost does that on purpose. She like does a move and then does another move kind of behind her and it just yeah. feels like a oh but now she's, she's just like a master and it's at such it, a huge you know? like infinitely larger scale than that yeah um i like the metaphor that they use to resolve it like the or you know analogy i guess of the crabs that they brought up early earlier which is kind of cool um, I like to think about those crabs too, and like where they came from. Like, I wonder if they it was always a hermit crab, or if it like evolved from, hmm. you know, something yeah. completely different. Yeah, it's kind of um, cool to think about animal evolution in this show. They're all kind of connecting here at the end, and then we get this moment with the mechanist, and he turns yeah. away, and the col- Did you notice the colors? Yes. Uh, he, it it gets. Like the colors fade, like they they become less pronounced. They it the, the saturation goes it down. It gets sickening ish, like yeah. sickening almost. Because and he, he realizes looks... what he's done, shameful. Yeah, he doesn't. It ends with him not feeling it. It ends how it needs to. He's not redeemed. Mm-hmm. He's forgiven. Yeah, but he's not redeemed. You know yeah. what I mean? He's and he not still like feels that. And I wonder if he realizes what we do end the episode on that they Ooh. now have the blimps i think this is one of my favorite episode endings because it's such a simple and subtle and cool like Sokka just invented the thing that the fire nation now may end up using as like their main source to to commit war crime in the future you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like to do things and like i don't know that's freaking nuts when you think about it that's nuts it's dark, man. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. This sh- yeah, and we're really getting into that now. You know, like we're really in the thick of this show now. Yeah. This is like in uh Lord of the Rings, Helm's Deep just happened. You know <laughs> what I mean? I really felt like that when I watched yeah. this. I'm like, "Oh, now we get what war is." Mm-hmm. Like war has been going on this whole time. There's mm-hmm. always been the war for uh, you know, whatever you would call this universe right. happening. Yeah. But now they're a part of it and we're seeing like things that they're doing are making big decisions within that war. Them creating this balloon now may end up Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Hmm. Um I guess all that's left 
is Kid Moment of the Week. Kid Moment of the Week. Kid Moment of the Week. Uh, we'll have to come up with a little song for that. Yeah, maybe. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to start looking into that. Start making a little... Uh, I've been thinking about downloading some like music software other than just Audacity, which I've been able to do a lot of cool stuff with. On our other podcast, uh, Legendary 4 Adventures, please give Check us it a out. listen. Uh, Space Vampires. Oh, yeah. We uh, play Dungeons & Dragons with our friends uh, Sam and Dustin. It's a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, kid moment. Um, I'm not quite sure. I think it might be. Uh, I think it might just be Momo eating bugs. Just That's that what close I had up of Momo. Going, There's um, a few funny moments in this episode, but I think the uh, moral ambiguity of it overhangs any humor. You know what I mean by that? Like, yeah. there's not a lot of funny stuff because you're constantly mm-hmm. like, "Oh yikes!" It could be uh, the cartoon Ang's face that he draws <laughs> in the sky too. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, I'm gonna stick with Momo. I'm gonna Close stick with up Momo, Momo too, especially because it's done. It's like a really, it's a good joke. Like it, he's just flying at the same speed of these bugs, and just like opens his mouth casually and closes it casually, and he has right. now eaten one. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Oh man. Uh. Well, we should have arrived back from the Boundary Waters. Uh. I think this is coming out July fifth. So I hope everybody. You did something on July 4th that was meaningful to the movement of Black Lives Matter and appreciating any black people you know, or at the very least supporting black artists out there. Um, And trying to support our nation inclusive of everybody um, and making specific attention to that because uh, we we have a massive problem and we owe a large portion of our population a lot. So, Absolutely donation links below this episode so that all that money that you were going to spend on fireworks you can spend here instead because yeah That's i don't better... know this ain't the year for fireworks people now is not the time for blind patriotism how about we question our system <laughs> how about that um so yeah but uh we gary is actually still he will be traveling back to california in a couple days from now uh so we don't have Quite enough time to get back to the Wednesday just yet, but the next episode should be out on the 12th, next Sunday, so another period of one week, and then we'll be going back to the uh, twice-a-week schedule. We will finish off season one in a double-part episode on the 15th, and then we'll have a a little uh, season break special episode in store for the following Sunday on the 19th. Um, Yeah, but... We really appreciate y'all checking this out, listening to our thoughts. Please feel free to comment and let us know your thoughts, and we'll try and shout out. We've been trying to do that to the people who have reached out and commented and stuff. But, uh, yeah, we appreciate it so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Gary. And I'm Calvin. This has been A New Lens. Ha, 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 ha.